Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A dreadful performance by the Edmonton Oilers this afternoon at Rogers Place. They are skunked 6-2 by the Dallas Stars. Jamie Benn gets a hat trick. Dallas in control. Throughout this game, the goal scorers for Edmonton, Dreisaitl and Nurse, but the Oilers never really looked like they were in this one. They've lost two in a row. Their record on the season drops to 7-5. and five. They're just 4-5 and five at home, played nine of their first 12 at Rogers Place. Now they head out on a four-game road trip. Dallas has won three straight. They are 8-3-1 and one on the season. Another good performance by uh, their number two goalie, Scott Wedgwood, who's played three in a row with... Ottinger injured, and uh, he's only allowed six goals in those three games. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, I, I don't think uh, I could find a single area of the game that I would give the Oilers the advantage tonight. Dallas, better five-on-five, five, much better on special teams, better goaltending, better tenacity, better finish around the net. I mean, go better, down the better, list of better, all things yes. you need to do to win a hockey game. I, I don't know if the if the orders uh, you'd give them a check mark in any category tonight. Well, Dallas comes in; they're a very good five-on-five team. I didn't notice it until partway through the game, looking at the stats. Every single player on their team is even or plus. So this is a team that five-on-five they usually win the battles. Uh, the Oilers' power play wasn't as good. They got the one power play goal, and we're fortunate when uh, Suter's stick was snapped in half, and they now, it becomes now a five on three and a half, and they scored a goal there. But the other power plays that the Oilers had uh, weren't good and, and lost momentum, especially early in the game. Uh, and the penalty killing, which has been an Achilles heel all season long, again hurt them tonight. So, yes, the Dallas Stars were the better team in all aspects of the game and full worthy of a 6-2 win. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. As a group did. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, to me, on the 12 games of the year that we've played, that was, uh, we laid an egg tonight. And that's the first time I've seen that this year where we didn't have it in all facets of the game. And to a man, we weren't good enough. It's not on one person. Jay, just, uh, you make it 3-2 and then Evander takes that penalty. And is that one of those we need to kill that penalty like uh, how, how did you look at there the pk yeah we didn't do it and uh it falls under that category of we got out everything today just a thought on now you're hitting the road four pretty pretty solid teams going in there just what do you think about being able to get out of town and kind of focus again as, as a group yeah i mean uh we got a long plane ride uh, to digest uh, what we put put down today and and uh, come up with a game plan to get better. Um, as I said, 
12 games into the year, that was an egg we laid today. There's no skirting around it. We weren't good enough, and uh, I don't think anybody in our room would argue otherwise. Jay, just to go back to uh, to the goaltending, I, I don't think anyone would dispute that maybe Stuart Skinner's num has played a little bit better. Certainly, the numbers indicate that. Does it make you rethink maybe the way you want to treat your goaltending tandem uh, for the next little while here? Um, does it make me want to rethink? Um, no, I think about that stuff every day. And uh, we're trying to come up with a game plan. We think we have two really good options. And um, as I said, today was a team loss. Hey, Jack wasn't just talking about today. He was talking about the season. He says, I haven't brought my best stuff here yet to Edmonton. They haven't seen it, and they're going to see it. Uh, you know, when you got a player that maybe you got to build up a little bit, right? Do, mm -hmm. is, is this something where it takes some coaching, or do you just have to wait for the player to find it himself? Well, I think anytime um, individuals are are uh, maybe not where they want to be, um, you got to work your way to get to the point where you want to be. And I'm confident. Jack is going to put the work in. Uh, he's a great teammate, and um, we have confidence in him, and he'll, he'll continue to work through it, just as any other position player uh, that struggles. Um, you know, I think uh, you put the work in, you eventually see the results. What do you think your game... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. no ahead. Your game ahead. most missing tonight, like, the, of all the elements... Uh, yeah, you know what, I, I thought... Um, if you look at that that first period, um, you saw the, the chances that we had to score. I think we had a couple breakaways, a couple three-on-twos, a couple in alone and with the goaltender. Um, but I don't go to that. I give. I go to what we gave up. And I think we can be a lot harder uh, in certain areas on the ice. And we have been through most of the this young season. Tonight it wasn't there for us. Uh, as I said earlier, to a man, we just weren't we weren't good enough tonight. But I would say uh, we can get a lot harder in, in certain parts of the ice, and um, that was one facet of our game that certainly has to improve greatly. Jay, last game you killed all three penalties. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's been a constant during the year. The penalty killing has not been real solid. What are you seeing from the penalty kill that was much better last year? Well, I think uh, today you look at the goals that went in. One uh, kind of got batted off uh, one of our defensemen's pants and landed right there. I didn't think we were hard enough at the net in that in that occasion. And then another one, it was a block shot that landed on someone's stick. So um, it's an area that can get better. We didn't, um, both of those goals against, we didn't start with the puck. Um, you know, the one in the second period, we had an opportunity to clear it. We gave the, a good power play. That's was four for eight coming into the game, uh, second chance. I thought the power, penalty kill in the first period was very good but the one in the, the second and third didn't get it done for us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers after they play quite poorly in a 6-2 loss to the Dallas Stars. He, he covered a lot there, Rob. And he, I mean, I agree with him. This was the, the Oilers' worst yep. game of the year, and they, they lost to a very good team who came in and executed and played well, but the Oilers didn't put up nearly enough of a fight or execute nearly well enough. Let's start with what he was saying about being harder in certain areas. Because we did talk about that earlier in the season. I thought the loss to Calgary, you know, they allowed those four goals early. A couple were right in front of the net. Mm -hmm. So 
I think I know what you're going to say about this, but is this is this an effort level thing? Is this a roster makeup type of thing where it seems to me like if I had to pick if I had to pick one area of weakness for the Oilers, and they're not a perfect team, of course, nobody is, but they've had some good nights. Uh, I would say that that firmness in front of their own net might be the biggest weakness. Well, to answer the question today, it, it was a combination of effort and roster. Uh, the Oilers the, were not good. They just weren't good tonight. The effort wasn't good enough. The desperation wasn't good enough. Uh, the Oilers at the blue lines, and you always talk about blue lines getting pucks in, getting pucks out. The Oilers up front, their roster is good enough and strong enough to win battles in hard areas. Their roster on the back end is not a big roster. They are not a physical group in front of their own net or in the corners down low. They're not a physical group uh, that pounds the other opposition's forwards defensively. They just don't have that. So that's, they could have all the effort they want on the back end, but they're gonna get pushed around at times. And, and a great example, Cece, who's, uh, I would say you're number two, defenseman when it comes to physicality in his own end, Nurse being number one. Uh, he got out battled by uh, Ben on the, the power play goal. Now again, Ben's done this before. He's been in that area. Uh, they put him in front of the net for a reason, but it was just one where Ben was simply stronger than CeCe on that one and was able just to tap in an empty net goal because CeCe couldn't get his body in the right position, couldn't get his stick down. So uh, most nights, it's just the Oilers are not a physical group in front, so it's a roster issue. Tonight, it was his effort. They just weren't very good. Well, and I also thought, mostly in the first period, it may have improved slightly as the game went on. That's <laughs> a very sort of backhanded compliment, but, and I've used this phrase, really passes to no one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, when an Oiler had the puck to start a breakout or down low in the first period, I was at the point like, well, it's 50-50 it's who, who this puck is going to. You know, I mean, sometimes a risky pass, it's like, well, it was 20%. It was going to be picked off or go to the other team. This was like, okay, they're just sort of slapping the puck around. It might go to a teammate. They might get it out, but it might not. Well, it, players, when everyone has time and space, the majority of the players, time and space, your star players make the passes 100% of the time. Uh, your middle of the range, probably 85, and then you, you'll have guys on your team that, aren't there for their playmaking ability. So even with time and space, it's probably only 70% of the time they make the right play. When you're pressured, whether it's through speed, like New Jersey, or physicality uh, and aggressiveness like Dallas, well, everybody's percentages go down. And tonight, they went down a lot. And uh, even the star players for the Oilers, there's a lot of passes that weren't there tonight. Uh, and Connor McDavid, for example, to me, he's the second best passer in the world and the best player in the world. Uh, he, he had times in the offensive zone on the power play. Passes that normally go through 100% of the time weren't getting through. They are getting deflected. Uh, on their breakout, they were missing guys. And what happens sometimes to, with players, if things start going as, uh, awry in your own zone, all of a sudden it, the pressure ramps up a little bit. So now you, you're, you're, you, there's a little bit of panic in your game. So now the pass is even worse because you panicked. Uh, usually young players do that a lot where they make one mistake, all of a sudden that mistake is compounded because now they're trying to do more than they should and make two and three mistakes. But tonight, you're right, the, this was a team. It was, you, you used the word earlier, it was, it was sloppy first period and it didn't get better. No, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't really get better. I, I mean, the Oilers got, 
And we'll talk about Campbell in a minute here. They, they got to within 2-1 even after the long shot that went in off his, uh, his glove. And the Oilers did have a power play to tie the game. Uh, they were one for six on the power play. I would say the one they scored on was good, and maybe the back half of the four-minute power play was okay, even though they didn't score. But Dallas, uh, better penalty killing. I, I was going to say earlier, I mean, maybe discipline in some aspects. If you really wanted to give the Oilers a check mark over Dallas, maybe, because Dallas took more penalties, and they took a couple of uh, silly ones. Yep. A couple I'm not sure should have been called. But uh, Woodcroft was asked about it. He didn't say much about it. So Nurse ties the game. Or sorry, Nurse gets you within, pardon me, Nurse gets you within two. You're still in a pretty big hole because you're down two with 16 minutes left. But, but we talked but about maybe score, you, score in the first five minutes. Maybe you feel a little better. Yep. Uh, and then in the fall, in the next 20 seconds, Kane took a penalty and then Ben scored. And then at 5-2, it's it's pretty much over. So you can't, like, you got to know the game. Like, what's the, this, what's the advantage of delivering that cross-check in that situation? Well, you're 100% right. And, and we talked at the end of the second. For the Oilers down three going into the third period, the only way they get back in the game is with belief. The only way they get belief is they score early. And they do. In a game that lacked really a lot of emotion, there wasn't a lot of emotion by the Oilers, they score, and all of a sudden it's a two-goal game, and you're thinking, well, this is the Oilers. They're one power play opportunity away from making it a one-goal game. So off the face-off, before the puck was dropped, Kane engaged the, the, the winger that he was lined up against. The linesman and the ref came over, and said something to them. So at that point, you know the refs are watching you. And it's it's 100%. The refs already talked. So now they're going to say if you see if you're going to do anything. Right. Because I just told you to back off. He didn't. But when the puck went up, he went. And it, it was a good cross. It was one where it's above the pants and below the shoulder pads. And you can feel it. And you just gave the referee who warned you an opportunity to make a call. You didn't need to do it. That's, that's the biggest thing. You just didn't need to make, give him that chance to blow the whistle and give you two minutes. You're back in a hockey game. And instead, you're giving a, a, a Dallas team that's got a very good power play yep. an opportunity, and then they score, and that's the end of the game. So you're absolutely right. That was a, an unneeded penalty and one that cost the Oilers. 6-2, Dallas wins it tonight. They are all over the Oilers front to back this evening. You can chime in at 780-496-0063. We're going to hear from Darnell Nurse in a couple minutes. We'll also hear from Jack Campbell as we go along tonight. I'm just seeing a, a couple tweets from my, my colleagues who cover the Oilers uh, that Campbell called his performance pathetic. Look, I, 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 I've been very careful not to start a goaltending controversy because I don't think there is one. Nope. And I think Skinner's played, played great. He's going to play, uh, I would assume he's going to play on Monday. Yep. I think even in some of the goals in which Campbell, games in which Campbell has allowed three or four, he's actually still been pretty good. Yep. Uh, it'll be clearly a bad goal tonight on, <laughs> on the long slap shot that goes in off his glove. Now, here, here's the one thing I would say, and you know, I've talked to Kelly Rudy, we've had John Shannon talking about the, the one knock on Campbell is that he's really hard on himself. Mm -hmm. And if he gets in a little bit of a rut, it, it takes him a while to stay out there. So he's publicly calling his own performance pathetic today. Is that concerning well, to you? <laughs> I know if it's concerning. A, it's wrong. I wouldn't call it pathetic. I don't think he was good, but I don't think the Oilers were good. Like there was, I don't know if there's any. But I think he's talking about his whole season no, so uh, far. So in that case, I don't think it's it's the season's been pathetic. I don't think, and and I said this before when we were talking about he has not been as good as he can be. Uh, I've the Maple Leafs are on TV a lot. So over the last couple of years, we got to see a lot of Maple Leaf games. I saw almost every one of their playoff games last year. He was outstanding in the playoffs. The Toronto Maple Leafs didn't lose because of, uh, on the, because of goaltending. 
So he was out saying, so I know what he's capable. We all know what he's capable of doing. That's why the Oilers were excited about signing him. He hasn't been as good yet. Uh, tonight, the goal that he gave up to Miller, again, I'll go back to it. Both Miller and Campbell were surprised that went in. Right. Miller didn't expect that to be going in the net, and Campbell was shocked that it went through his glove. Uh, in in a, a game where your team plays poorly in front of you, the goalie sometimes have to win a hockey game for you. He did not do that. Uh, so, yeah... It, it's confidence is everything in the game of sport and uh, even more so if you're I'm guessing a pitcher or a goalie because it, it, it's when someone hits a home run off the pitcher no one else's fault on that one right it's the pitcher when someone scores a goal everyone looks at the goaltender uh, to me he needs to be better and I, we're what 11 games into a five-year so a 400 game contract uh, I'm not going to judge him, but he has not been as good as Skinner as of yet on the season. So, and here's the thing: you, we, the Oilers play Washington and Tampa, right? Yeah. The first two games back to back. You would expect that both of them will play. Do you go Campbell against Washington? Washington's the lesser of the two teams. They're the teams that's beat up. You give chance for Campbell to make amends quicker instead of putting him on the bench. And then you play Skinner, who's been your better goalie against the better hockey game. A yeah, hockey that's usually I was just kind of assuming it would be just going back of alternating lately. And I think lately it's they've been alternating not just because of the play, but because of the schedule. Yep, 100%. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's I, ne I never thought of that. I just kind of thought automatically you go to Skinner on, on Monday, or do you say, okay, you're better than this, get right back in there and, and prove it. And we think that we need Skinner, who's playing better, against Tampa, which is a better team, because Washington is as beat up as Bob was talking about in the postgame show. Yeah, no, not a good showing by the Oilers this afternoon. They lose 6-2 to Dallas. Let's go down to the dressing room. Here's defenseman Darnell Nurse. Yeah, they'll battle us. They came up with a hard game from the start. Um, we didn't match their intensity and their compete and end up on the wrong side of the time. That's happening. I know you guys are probably talking about it in here, but, but uh, what's maybe missing that can turn that around today? I'm just going out there and, and doing it to a man uh, each, each and every shift. Um, Personally, I wasn't hard enough, and as a group, we weren't hard enough, so we have to be, uh, get back on track. We know how to win, we know how to uh, play against good teams, and we can do that too. Darnell, just because of the sheer number of goals that were went in, uh, the goaltender is going to obviously be key on that. What, what, do you, what would you say about your goaltender and maybe the effort in front of him uh, that allowed that to happen? Yeah, he made, uh, he made some big saves, especially early on, to keep us in it, and uh, we didn't uh, reciprocate the effort on the on the other end, so that's uh, that's on us to be harder in front of him. Did you feel like every time you kind of maybe thought you were getting back into it, they would always seem to to respond and that's a credit to this skill that they have yeah they're a good team and uh when we push they push back and we just gotta push a little bit harder you, like you needed that kill at three two right i guess that's one of them you look back at and you need to kill that Anytime you give up two uh, penalty kill goals, you feel like you, you, anytime you give up a penalty kill goal, you want back. Your PK is, hasn't found its way yet. Even when the team's played well, the PK hasn't quite been there. Any idea what's happening? It's a work in progress. We'll be good. we got guys that know how to kill penalties. You guys are wanting to keep the standard high, obviously, to Darnell. You guys rattled off five straight wins. Has it slipped a little bit here in your mind? Or no, not at all. Not even, not even remotely. It hasn't slipped in this group. We know how we're capable of playing. Um, and we didn't uh, you know, we didn't bring that at the end of last game. We didn't bring it tonight. 
it's no excuse whatsoever, but uh, our team knows that we're, we're better and we will be. you think a road trip could be good for this group? Just you played so many at home and you have three straight on the road that you, you did win. Yeah. yeah, just looking forward to uh, getting out there and, and playing. And it's a hard road trip. Some uh, really good teams are playing, but uh, up for a challenge for sure. Thanks, Darnell. Well, I, I, I mean, I would hope after a game like this, you'd you'd play in Gainford if there you could play at eight o'clock tonight and get back <laughs> out there and try, try to do to do better. I mean, we can't be sitting here and we the six game homestand was a long one, and you know they were home at the end of the exhibition schedule as well. But they're four and five at home. Like we can't be sitting here all year saying like, oh well, you dropped another one at home. I guess it's good to get out. Like you just gotta win more at home. I think you can't be just saying, well, it's a good thing the homestand is over. <laughs> well, no, uh, players, we, we prefer to be at home. It's it's better with your own fans, being able to go home, sleep in your own bed, eat your own food, be around your family and all. Um, but sometimes, I, I guess the only thing, Canadian market, when you're away from home and you're not doing well, you don't hear about how poorly you're doing. So I think that would be the only reason to be on the road. But the Oilers... They weren't good enough tonight. I didn't think the Oilers played bad against New Jersey. I thought uh, it was a, a pretty even game. It was a one-goal game, and then Jersey had the better break and, and, and some smart plays in the third period. Tonight, the Oilers were bad. And if you played this, if these two teams played each other 20 times and the Oilers had the same effort in all 20 of those games as they did tonight, they probably would have lost 19 out of 20. This was a game that the Oilers were not even close to being as good as the Dallas Stars playing against them. They have a better chance, they got a chance to make amends on the road trip, but even a, going to Washington, a beat-up team, still an NHL-caliber team, and the effort the Oilers had tonight would probably not be good enough in Monday in Washington as well. 6-2, the Stars win it. Also a winner today is Johnny, a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement, bet on it. So he took the under. It was three and a half total points for Pavelski and McDavid. That was a late change. A late on change. You. Yep. Late change from the bookie. That's me. <laughs> uh, so Pavelski had two points. McDavid had one. So it was three. So it was the under. When Pavelski got to two points in the second period, I was like, oh, this is going to be over. It's going to wind up being how, over. Hey, you, you talked, you brought him up before First the game. Goal. And how, how good did Joe Pavelski play again yeah. today? He does all the little things right. He's always around the net. He creates, was part of a kerfuffle when he yeah. hammered, was it Fogel? Uh, yeah, he hit Fogel, then Hyman I, hit him, and then hints. A love tap. Of all the things that, that happened, slash, yeah. Yeah, that was the the, wow. the least of it. Actually, even after that, Ben actually slashed the stick out of Hyman and then drilled him yeah. in the back of the head. All Everything that happened on the ice was worse than the penalty that Hintz got. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. But, yeah, and even that first goal Pavelski scored, I mean, the Oilers were not organized in their own end, but just simple, right, but going to that, because he easily could have stopped on that play because it looked like, okay, rebound, Oilers might clear it. Oh, uh, you know, there's a couple Oilers guys around me, but he just separated himself just enough. You know, CeCe didn't get over the puck quick enough. Nurse, I think, went more towards the slot as opposed to staying with Pavelski, stick on the ice. It opened it, like, looks easy, but all the, like, you have to react, think in that split second to put it, it in. It's easy for some, for some players. Some players can read where the play is going to go, and some players have a willingness to go in areas that other players don't. Uh, going to the front of the net a lot of the time hurts. Not as much as it used to, but it still hurts because you take a beat and when you're in front of the net, some guys stay away from it as long as possible and go at the last second. There's other guys that hang out there. The guys that hang out there usually have a lot of goals beside their name by the end of the season. Okay, 7804960063. I believe we have a first-time caller on the Certainty Hotline. Mona is standing by. Hi, Mona, go ahead. 
Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Good. I'm, uh, I love your show. Thank you very Just much. A question or an observation. I love Jack Campbell, and when he used to play for Toronto, I noticed he was apprehensive when he played there. So I'm, I'm noticing he's still a little apprehensive here. He needs more grit. Well, like apprehensive, like like apprehensive, like playing the puck and stuff, or just with how he looks when he's playing. Are you talking confidence? Yeah, confidence. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Reed talked about that a little while ago. That he's talked to people from Toronto, Kelly Rudy and John Shannon, and they said that he is hard on himself. And it, it that is a position goaltending that it's the last thing you want to do is be hard on yourself. Good goalies and guys that I've played with that have been really good goaltenders used to say as soon as the puck goes past them, they've already forgotten about it, whether it was a good goal or a bad goal. Just completely forget about it because if it replays in your head, now all of a sudden there's that slight moment of hesitation, that's that slight bit of doubt in your head. And if any position cannot have doubt, it's a goaltender. Yep. So as soon as you start thinking about it, as soon as you start questioning yourself, then you're in trouble, and that's... Uh, Reed talked about it earlier today, and he's talked about it a few times on the show here, where Jack Campbell, when he gets into a bit of a funk, as he did in Toronto, it was usually him being his own worst enemy by uh, losing confidence and questioning himself and questioning his abilities and, and just not being the confident goaltender that he could be, because when he's confident, it's the exact opposite. He's lights out, and that's what we've seen over the last number of years, too, that when he's playing well, he's feeling it, and he's a very good goalie. Yeah, and interesting with Skinner, who he's talked about reading this author, Ryan Holiday, who writes about stoicism, and Skinner's even said in a couple of his answers about his stats. He goes, well, stats are just for the ego. I, I don't worry about that. And, and, and Mike Smith told that story a couple of years ago when he was young, and he was the, uh, I guess, understudy to Marty Turco, who was also an exceptional puck handling goalie. Yep. And Smith was in a game, and he turned the puck over, and the other team got an open net goal. And then the team dumped the puck in, and Smith didn't go get it. And then in the next TV timeout, Turco said, why didn't you go get it? And Smith said, well, I turned over the last one, so maybe I shouldn't go. And Turco said, no, you, you do not show them that you're rattled. And if you're, if you're, a, if you're a goalie that plays the puck, you, you're a goalie that plays the puck. You, yeah. Your teammates are expecting you to do that too. You, you don't show anything that anything's wrong. You go get it. You well, go play it. And, and it's... Te teams and players on the opposition, they will feast on someone that's lacking confidence. And if they even have an inkling that, oh, no, that goaltender's not feeling it, oh, they're coming right at you. Yeah. And they're going to oh, yeah. throw every puck at you, and they're going to get in your face, and they're going to talk to you. They're going to bump you. They're going to do everything they possibly can because you right now have doubt. And uh, I don't know Jack at all. And I know all I'm doing is from watching and from listening to other people and listening to him talk. Uh, when he's confident, he is a very, very good NHL goaltender. Yeah. And I don't think he's looked like rattled the net or timid or, or anything oh, no. like that. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I would just bring this up again. What I've been told from from other people that sometimes if he has, you know, a bad stretch, it it can it cannot go well. Now, having said that, he was one of many Oilers, <laughs> well, the whole team that yep. was subpar tonight, as they are uh, hammered 6-2 by the Dallas Stars. Jamie Ben with uh, a hat trick and he exhibited again why he's been an outstanding because he, he can do it all i mean he's rugged like you said he's he's an agitator he's a skilled player who's an ad i mean big, hyman didn't big, want any part no. of that well, but still I he was trying either. he's a big no. strong physical guy and here's what dallas does have uh when when their team is built right now it used to be sagan and ben i mean ben won an mvp sagan 
I think he scored 50, hasn't he? Or ben is, won uh, is, or the Art Ross. Art Ross. Yes. Okay, Art Ross and Sagan's a 40-50 goal scorer. Those, are, those were their stars. They're superstars. They're now role players on this team. They both penalty kill on this team. Big face-off, Ben is out there. So they got, they've got new players that score the goals, and they got veteran players that play different roles. But when given the chance, you saw tonight Ben playing on the third line. Has a hat trick. All right, 6-2, Dallas takes it. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. 780-496-0063. We have Big Bad Joe on the line. Big Bad Joe, nice to hear from you again. What's going on? Uh, not much. So I like what you said uh, to Rob before. And, you know, I would start Campbell... Uh, Monday night, <clears throat> and Skinner against Tampa. And, you know, I just forget about that game because it was bad. But I do get the positive thing of it, though. And the positive thing, I think, is I'd rather have them going through it now as not when they get in troubles later on in the season, though. We all uh, know they can do it. Uh, you're you know, right. they can do it. Hey? Uh, well, the one thing is you, you, teams are all going to face adversity at some point. So you'd much rather they face adversity early and then you find out which players excel under adversity and which players buckle than facing that in March or April or May. So they're facing a little adversity, losing a couple of games on home ice in a couple of different ways, and they're just see how they respond on a four-game road trip. Yeah, I mean, they're 7-5, and five, okay, kind of mediocre. Last year they were 16-5. and five. They had a... They still get two, to 16 two, and 5. They still, yeah, they still could. I mean, over over the long term, I, mean, I was talking about it on my show last night, is New Jersey that good? Or are they going to be the team like Buffalo? Because didn't Buffalo start 7-1 and one last year yep. or something like that? Was or, So, you know, in two months from now, is New Jersey going to have 12 wins or something like that? We don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, it's not going to be smooth sailing. They've played a lot of good teams. Mm -hmm. Now, to be a good team, you gotta you got to beat the good teams. Yep. So... Uh, but yeah, this was just—it was just a lousy game. You just—you yeah. just can't have them well, one it, after another after another. Well, this is the first bad game they've played. There's like been really bad games. Yeah, game. there's yeah. been lapses in games, but I can go through any team in the in the National Hockey League, and I can show you lapses they've had in games. So I can show you where they've had bad games as well. This was the Oilers. You just don't—I I know there's the saying, "Good teams don't lose two in a row" and stuff like that. Well, they do, uh, but you don't want to get yourself on a, a spot where you're late in a road trip and you've dropped four in a row and you have to win in florida or something yeah. along that line they're playing a beat up washington team they need a much better effort when you look at a team don't look always at wins and losses look at the way they played because some games the Oilers are going to play really well and lose and there's going to be games they don't aren't their best and they're going to win and over the course of the season those always equal out but tonight the way they played tonight they're losing 90% of the games that they played the way they did tonight. Oh, yeah, if not more. If not more. Yeah. So they've got to be better. So watch the way they play against Washington on Monday. Look for a better effort because the, the effort was not near good enough tonight. 6-2, Dallas takes it. Here is Oilers goaltender Jack Campbell. 
kind of like it's gone all year for me personally. You know, I just haven't brought my best, and frankly, it's just been uh, pathetic the way I've been playing. So, you know, I owe it to this team to bring my, my A game, and they haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to just keep working hard, and I'm going to get through this and be there for the guys, but they've been playing great. Is there a, is there a common denominator or something you're finding that clearly needs to get better that, that, that you think is right there for you? Yeah, just keeping pucks out of the net. You know, I expect to do that at a very high level, and I haven't done that yet. Two things. The, there was a picture that made it look like that puck on the long shot went through your glove. I assume it didn't go through your gloves. Can you tell us what happened there? Did it hit your glove, or did it go through what happened? Yeah, through it, over it, under it. I don't know how it went in, but it went in, and, you know, it's not good enough, so it went in. There's been a lot of sort of unlucky goals for you this year. I'd say the Robertson one. Hits the post, hits your back, goes in the net. When you consistently get unlucky goals, does that just tell you you're not playing well enough, or what does it tell you? I mean, it went in, so it just tells me i got to stop it, you know, so just keep working hard, and um, I'm going to bring my best here, and I, the boys deserve it, and I can't wait to show them. I think getting on the road is a good good thing for you, just uh, maybe getting, you haven't, you've played, played a lot of games at home, and this could be a chance to kind of reset a little bit, do you think? Yeah, just, you know, tomorrow's a new day, and I'm going to get back to work, and, um, you know, I expect to, to play at a certain standard, I haven't done that yet, so I, I'm going to do that. All right, that's Jack Campbell. So, yeah, I mean, he did say I've been pathetic, but he also <laughs> said, well, you know, he said some positive yeah, things, no, he too, did. that he's going to work. Uh, he was asked about the goal, you know, funny goal off the post, off his back, and he, probably if you had him in a situation where he was you know, right not after a game, he might say, well, i got to block that to the corner regardless. I can't let it get the, by the me. The Robertson one, it yeah. well, it's a bad goal it could, just because it was short side and... It, it should be get to the strike. post to begin no, with. Yes. I mean, he's not thinking, oh, I'll leave it because it's going to hit the post. Yeah, really no, like, it, yeah. it's, he, that's one that he normally stops. And the one from the blue line, I mean, that's just a bad he whiffed. goal. Yeah. That, that's a bad goal. They went, but again, I think he was surprised. I think he thought he had it, just like Miller was shocked that it went in the net. I, I'm sure Miller's had many better chances in his life, and I don't think that one was he expecting to be celebrating afterwards. But what you do appreciate in any athlete that when things aren't going well, they're honest about it. Uh, he didn't come up to say, hey, I played good or, yeah, I just got unlucky. Because it wasn't just unlucky. Right. Uh, the puck went in. I like when he said, well, I got to stop the puck. Like, I, yeah, I'm unlucky, but it doesn't matter. My job is to stop the puck. So there, there are players out there in the, in the National Hockey League that after a game, they'll have a, an off game, and they're like, no, I played good. I mean, it wasn't on me. Right. It's the old line. Where you I had, never liked that. I had my man. Oh, video killed me. I had my man, coach. <laughs> what are you talking about? Then they showed me the video. Well, okay, maybe the, maybe video lies. But, yeah, players used never used to be video, so you could come back and say, I don't, I don't know what you saw on the bench, but I certainly had my guy. But nowadays, all mistakes are, are blown up and rewatched and rewatched over and over again. But tonight, and this is the biggest thing, Campbell wasn't good, but nobody was good for the Edmonton Oilers. So this was one that you can't just say it was on the goaltender. This was on the entire team from top to bottom. All right, 6-2, Dallas takes it. So the Oilers have lost two straight. They are now 7-5. and five. We'll get to more of your phone calls starting with Frank when we get back. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Mark sent out to center and Suter across. The hits, he'll walk in. He'll shoot. Save made by Campbell. All right, that's Campbell. Save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Dominant performance by Dallas. 6-2 the final. Jamie Benn 
with a uh, hat trick. Dallas two for three on the power play. The Oilers just one for six. And uh, really uh, a game in which the Oilers uh, very rarely had much going. I, I suppose, uh, oddly enough, Derek Ryan, two of their best chances today, got a breakaway out of the penalty box when he lifted. It wasn't one of those he gets a pass no. coming out of the penalty box. He snuck up behind the Stars defenseman, lifted his stick as he was getting a pass. Puck went down to the other end. Wedgwood was going to play it, probably would have got to it. And then Ryan hit the uh, post on a deke. And then Ryan also had a good individual move uh, late in the, f the, f the first period. But, yeah, not a lot going for the Oilers tonight. What about Derek, the four fourth star? Well, yeah. I, we're not a lot of candidates No, tonight. there weren't. Uh, no, I thought he played. Actually, the, the, some of the players in their bottom six were the better players. They're a little more game. noticeable, uh, yeah. Dylan Holloway had a good game. Eventually got elevated up in the lineup as the Edmonton Oilers switched lines around a lot as the game went on, trying to find some magic. So Derek Ryan, the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars, Robertson, Ben, and Pavelski. And you probably could have gone down the list and picked a lot of Dallas guys. Uh, uh, but we'll make Derek Ryan the fourth star tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Frank on the line. Frank, go ahead. Hey, guys. Good discussion. Uh, Raging is the word I haven't, I haven't heard in a... A long time, maybe over 10 years. They got skunked tonight. I love that word because I think it's all inclusive and in, in basically not showing up. And that was the disappointing part. Most teams don't like to lose two in a row. And uh, when they have the experience they had against New Jersey, you would have expected a little bit harder effort. But uh, I guess it is what it is. It's a long season. Uh, the question I have, uh, Rob was a skilled player. Uh, we're getting lots of chances, and uh, we got them in both games. And had some of those chances been buried, I think it would have turned the game around. What can a player do? Is it between his ears? Is it physical to start burying some of those chances more often, more regularly, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, good, good question, and, and it is true. The Oilers, uh, even tonight, they had, I think, in the first period, five odd man breaks that if any of those go in, maybe the game changes. Against the New Jersey Devils, they probably had five or six opportunities to extend the lead when it was 3-1 with breakaways or two-on-ones, and they're not putting the puck in the net. Uh, two things, practice. Just continually do it in practice. Uh, at the end of a practice, have an assistant coach come out with you, and if it's backdoor crease or backdoor passes that you're not being able to finish with, have a coach pass 50, 60 of them and just keep practicing, working on breakaways in practice, all those things, watch video. Uh, but the biggest thing is confidence. Uh, when a player is confident, he doesn't think. When he's on a breakaway or a two-on-one, when a player is struggling, he double clutches and he thinks too much. And I think some of the players, uh, and just for example, a Pugliarvi, a Yamamoto, those are guys that are expected to score, have scored throughout their lives, and right now, when they have the puck in a scoring area, they're just thinking too much. And uh, to me, it's just watch. When I was in Pittsburgh, if I was going through a stretch where it wasn't going in for me, one of the coaches would go to a video coach and have him pump, punch up about 10 or 12 of my goals. Mm -hmm. And I'll go in and watch them over and over again just to get a good feeling and see what I was doing so that when I get on the ice, it becomes instinctive. And I think right now, some of the Oilers players, it's not instinctive. They're thinking, and when they're thinking, that's not good. I was just checking. Yeah, Yamamoto played 15-28. It didn't feel like that much. It felt like there were stretches we didn't see him a lot. Uh, Pugliarvi played 10-49. Good pass by Pugliarvi on, Couple on good the first goal. Because he gave a nice one to Holloway, too. Yeah. Honestly, that was the, that was the one goal I felt Dallas didn't cover it well. 
Haskinen, who I, uh, I love, watches yeah, oh yeah. the player. He, he kind of watched Nurse score the goal because you could see him react. Whoops, there he is. And by the time he moved, yeah, Nurse I, was. I don't. I maybe he didn't think Darnell was coming through, or maybe he didn't think yes, he would get the puck through. A couple. But it looked like he kind of moved a little late towards Nurse, and then Nurse shot. And it I in. just, I think he also the angle Nurse was at. Uh, that's a Wedgwood probably thinks you know if he could rethink it, maybe he was over too far. It was a nice shot. It rolled a bit, which kind of makes it kind of weird for a goaltender. But, yeah, the, it was a nice play. Yes, he made a couple good plays. It's funny when you just said the times. I thought, yes, he played more than 10 minutes. And Yamamoto, I, I, what was Connor's ice? Because there was a times in the third period. 22-45. Which is weird because he went a long stretch in the third period where he didn't play up until, the, I guess, the four-minute power play. Well, there was one shift. We we'd laughed a couple weeks ago where he, uh, Leon had a five-minute shift almost. Yeah. Tonight, the, there's one of the power plays where Connor played the whole two minutes, then got stuck out on his own end for another minute something. Uh, so he had well over three minutes on that shift. But uh, Connor has very, very few off games throughout his season. Tonight was one of them. Yeah, uh, he got an assist. He's minus two. He played 835 on, on the power. And there were times, like even in that first period, Woody wasn't going to the big guys he was he was working out the depth guys well, a little bit more okay, well on the power plays the the oldest number one unit didn't start uh, one of the power yep. plays and there was another power play where there's there still a minute 15 left and he took them off having said that Which i'm glad he did okay their power play the first unit wasn't good yeah yeah i'm glad he took them yeah, yeah. It, it's sending a message so uh, the oilers best players were not this was not a good game for the Oilers' best players this was an excellent game for the dallas stars best players Okay, 780-496-0063. Uh, we had to do the news right away, Lonnie, so I'll bring you in after the uh, news break here as uh, the Oilers will now hit the road to take on the Washington Capitals. Quickly checking the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Maple Leafs lead Boston 1-0 in the first. Also in the first period, no score. Capitals and Coyotes. Tampa Bay up 1-0 on Buffalo. It is 1-1 Senators and Flyers. Giroux scores against his uh, old team. Kraken and Penguins scoreless in the first, and Golden Knights and Canadians scoreless in the first. Earlier, Red Wings shut out the Islanders 3-0. Avalanche take down the Blue Jackets 5-1. Those are those uh, games in Finland. The Avalanche won both relatively convincingly, and the Jets get a 4-0 shutout win over the Chicago Blackhawks. World Series uh, starting soon. Game 6, Houston and Philadelphia. Okay, we got more overtime open line coming up. You can chime in, 780-496-0063. Oilers pounded 6-2 by Dallas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Goal on the right wing, Hyman comes in in front of the net. Looking for Fogel and that one off the stick of Wedgwood. It goes to the right wing boards. Fogel takes a solid hit. Crowd reacts to that. And then Pavelski gets drilled on the play. And 24 hour hints is going to get a penalty here. Goes in behind the Oiler goal. For the slash on Hyman. 
Okay, that's the sequence Rob and I were talking about earlier. It's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. So Pavelski hits Fogel, which maybe could have been a hit from behind. Hyman hits Pavelski. Maybe could have been a maybe charge. Maybe could have been charging. And then Hintz slashes Hyman, which probably oh. is not called a penalty in Ever. a grade one floor hockey no. game. <laughs> no, that was yeah, that was a bad one. And then went down in the corner and Ben Quinn gave Hyman a punch to the back of the head and kicked his stick away from him. And of all again, of all the things that happened in that sequence, they took the guy off that did the least. Yeah. So that was an odd one. Um, I I yeah, just weird. I, uh, weird sequence that the, the Dallas Stars are like, hey, seriously, that's what you called? Uh, I didn't think... The Pavelski was 50-50. The Hyman was 50-50. The Hints was 10% 90. 10% they call it 90. They don't. A weird one, but uh, those things happen. And I'm not sure... Did, I don't think the Oilers scored on that one, did they? I can't remember. They scored on one power play. I'm not sure if that was the one they scored on or they not. They scored on... No, they scored on the, uh, the Faxa slash... That was the that was the one when it was still. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, it was still two one at that point. That was the one they could have tied the game on. Yes. Which who knows the way they were playing. I'm not sure it would have mattered if it was two two for a while. But uh, yeah, a couple odd decisions to me. I, I thought the penalty on Wyatt Johnston in the first period for that slash on Holloway. I thought that was a weak call. Because mm -hmm. it's funny because they. You, I don't always agree with it. But if you slash a guy's stick and it falls out of his hands, they call a penalty. Holloway actually regained control of his stick and passed the puck, and the Oilers were breaking out. Yeah. <laughs> and I then I thought, and that was the same sequence earlier than earlier in that Kulak was about to pass the puck out of his own end, and it, I thought got hooked, and Dallas got a chance out of it, and then they called Johnston for the for the slash. I thought that was weird. There was a couple. Well, then Faxa did take the one where he knocked the stick out of Bouchard's hand. Again, it wasn't much of a slash. But Bouchard, hey, just drop your stick. But the one that I didn't see, when Leon scored his power play goal, Sutter's stick, or sorry, Suter's stick was broken in half. I didn't see how he did it, but I did see that Suter was really mad when he picked his stick up and went right to the referee. So I don't know if Leon slashed his stick and broke it or how it became broken in half. Yeah, I'd have that to was, watch that again. I would have yeah. to, and I kept waiting to see a replay. They never showed it. But that, at that point became a huge point because with no stick it was a five on three and a half and there was no stick in the passing lane when the puck went over to Leon when he scored and I, and I thought it was I mean I understand why they call it but I thought that was bad luck for Kivaranta because Fogel is losing his balance and, and Kivaranta's in the process of turning his stick goes to about I don't even know if it was waist height but it oh, was thigh height yeah, yeah, and Fogel been. landed on it with his face it more, and got yeah. cut yeah that was more on Fogel falling into the stick than the stick coming across I mean I know they say well you got to be responsible for your stick but if I'm kicking around I'm like well it's like well below my yeah. waist I'm carrying it at my knee level as I'm turning up ice unfortunately for Fogel got cut on that as he went to the bench to get repairs again in a in a game where you're trailing there's four minutes of power play time and it wasn't till the last 30 seconds of that four minutes that the Oilers were able to mount any kind of pressure uh, the Dallas Towers very good specialty teams and yep. they got the penalty kills when they needed the Oilers score at least one goal there they can make it a game they got none I, I, by the way there was a, a youngster who got hit with yes. a puck today that's always uh, scary 
Uh, I, I believe he walked by Jack and Louis' location on the concourse, and with his mom, and I think there was a thumbs up there. So he, he did walk up okay, the stairs, yeah. so that, that was a good sign. It was a little yeah, scary that, at that, first. Yeah, that's, that's scary. I mean, there's, there's the, the big mesh behind the nets now, but, yeah, and I mean, of course, people say, well, pay attention, but, I mean, you fans, know fans are not pro athletes. No. They, they don't react. Or if a split second you watch, oh, is he going to hit this guy for a breakaway and the puck's deflected at you? Like, well, what, do, what do you do? On that one there, I I was looking for the puck because he, the Dallas Star defense had all the time in the world to ice the puck out. And all of a sudden I look one way and where'd the puck go? And it must have hit the glass weird and continued over and hit the poor young boy. It looked like in the head. Uh, unfortunate for him. Hopefully he's okay. And, has a, and all he ends up is a scar and a memory of a, a moment at an Edmonton or other game. 6-2, Dallas wins it. 780-496-0063. We have Lonnie standing by. Hey, Lonnie, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Reed, Rob? Good. Good. Um, do you not think that the club relies on 29 and 97 too much? Is one. Yeah, some, sometimes, yep. So, yep. Yeah. And, um, what about Yanmark? defense well i think if they sent holloway down to the minors i think yanmark would come up but i think he'd play in a depth role here i he'd don't think a, a I, I, I don't think guy. he'd go into the top six if that's what you mean no um do you guys not think that uh um pool party holloway are playing a little bit better than yamamoto right now and deserve a bit a better shot at what yamamoto is getting well Yes, and I think the coaching staff saw that tonight as Yamamoto moved down in the lineup and both Holloway and Pugliarvi moved up. But uh, Yamamoto, he's he's playing with the second best player in the world in Leon Dreisaitl, and he's getting scoring opportunities, and the puck's not going in the net. There are other parts of his game that have still been good, but when you play with uh, the second best player in the world and the best passer in the world, you're expected to score when you get your chances. And there's going to come a time that if the puck continues not to go in the net, well, we have to find someone that can score because Leon Dreisaitl is a guy that drives the line yep. and the team wins games because he sets his line mates up and they score. Yeah. So I, Reed asked me before the game what we would do with Holloway. Would we send him to the minors? I said if he's getting six minutes a night, yes, but before they send him down, I would give him top six minutes to see if he see, can play. Yeah, that'd be our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Yeah, I mean, Dry Suddenly David get, get a ton of points. I mean, they were over two points per game coming in tonight. The Oilers are deeper than they were, you know, three, four years ago yeah. because they have Hyman and Kane. They still have Nugent Hopkins. Four, I, I, you know, fourth lines, fourth liners are fourth liners. Uh, fourth, line forwards, six, fourth line scored back-to-back -back games. They too. did, yeah. I'm just saying in general, but I mean, I think if you were talking about forwards six through eight for the Oilers, that's where you'd say, could that still be upgraded? I mean, McLeod's played well, mm -hmm. but we've seen Yamamoto and Pugliarvi, who are in those roles, at times go long stretches without scoring. Neither guy's uh, scoring now. You know, Fogel doesn't really score uh, <laughs> a, no. a lot. I mean, I guess he kind of was okay at the first half of last season. So the, to me, that's where... You know, talking about what, as I said off the top of the show, you might, uh, you, uh, well, you would identify a weakness for the Oilers. Okay, um, you know, hard play in front of their own net, down low in their own zone. And then I would also say, if I were to pick a, a weakness, and who knows, this could be improved as the season goes on. Forwards, like I said, probably six through eight for me. Like you, 
I still, I know you don't always agree with me, but I still think your third liners have to be somewhat offensive, especially in the way the league is going now. Well, so, I, if I, it's, I still, so if it's just your top five guys, I still go to the point game. if they play, if they play even, if they were even the entire season and had zero goals, that is an effective third line because they never gave up a goal. So that's my thing. It's when they're minus is when they have to score. And that's the problem. I think Pugliarvi was minus five or something coming into the game. That's the issue for a third line. Third line never has to score if they never give up anything against. But they haven't been good enough defensively because they're minus players. That's where you have an issue. But, I, but it's nice if they could score if you're in a game where your top six guys are having an off game. Yeah, but if, they're not, game. but if they're not giving up anything against, then it's on your top six guys. They're, they're supposed to score. True. That's why they make... That's why Connor and Leon make $21 million between them. And there's a reason your third-line guys normally uh, are who they are is because you can't afford better players because your superstars make that much so, money. So would you start Holloway on one of the top two yes, lines next game? Yes, 100% I would. Yeah, just put him with one of the, I would, however what, you do it. Yeah, I mean, pick your poison. Do you want him to play with Connor or do you want him to play with Leon? I would move him up, uh, and probably I would move Yessi up to give him a chance because... So you'd have Nuge playing center next game maybe? Or Nuge and McLeod on a line? It makes your third line th the problem. Well, or you go with Yessi with McLeod and Fogel. I mean, in reality, Shore and Ryan have the, those. That fourth line has outplayed the third line as of late. Well, last couple games, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The last three games. So I would move. I would certainly move Holloway up. 100%. I would give him a chance and see if he can play in your top six, because that's where he eventually is going to end up. Whether it's this year or next year, he's a top six player. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to check in, Oilers fall six two to the Dallas Stars. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad, along with Rob Brown in Studio ninety nine, the Dallas Stars ring up the Oilers today six two. Pavelski. In the first period, Miller, Dreisaitl, Robertson, Ben in the second, and then the third, Nurse, Ben, and then Ben again. He got a hat trick. Stars outshoot the Oilers 36-30. Their record is now 8-3-1. The Oilers fall to 7-5. and five. So after winning five in a row, they have now lost two straight. They are going to play in Washington on uh, Monday. Uh, well, Rob, yeah, I mean, as we've been talking about, just to recap, uh, pretty poor performance in all areas tonight by the Oilers. Didn't get much going. They, they Like you said, they they had kind of had some a uh, couple of odd, oddly developing grade-A chances in the in the first period. A couple they created, but Wedgwood made the saves. And, they, I mean, good for Wedgwood. I mean, Andre's mm -hmm. out. Great young goalie. Uh, Wedgwood's had three consecutive starts. He's only allowed two in each game. Hey, he was good. Uh, in this game, there's a couple saves he had to come up with uh, when the game was still in the balance. Uh, he looked confident in there, and it's just more depth. Uh, teams that go have good regular seasons are teams that have good depth because injuries hit every team, and he stepped up. And it, I, one thing, too, that I didn't notice, a uh, young kid from St. Albert was the backup goaltender for the, the Dallas. Not M Matt Murray. Matt Murray yeah. was, uh, he actually lives, about, well, his family lives about 10 houses. Oh, you know from me. I, uh, yeah, I've known him. He's a St. Albert goalie. I've watched him play many times. Uh, nice young man, nice family, and uh, hopefully this is, he gets his opportunity uh, to play in the National Hockey League sooner rather than later, but uh, a product of St. Albert minor hockey. 
Yeah, and he was asked, like, uh, oh, 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 I can't find the story now. He was asked about how often he gets asked if he's the other. Matt Murray, he goes, you mean just today or constantly or something like that? I can't remember. Well, it's funny. Quote, but yeah. I, I punched it in just to check out his stats and stuff to see if he'd played yet. And, again, I got the Toronto Maple Leafs goal. Yeah, when it's I hard punched to even it get the poor I had guy. to throw St. Albert after his name. but There he is. Uh, yeah, he's 24. Yep. College kid, and yeah, right. He played in the AJ. I might, you know, what I might have talked to him when he played in the AJ. I can't remember. I might have interviewed him. Nice kid. with Spruce yep. Grove, played for UMass, and uh, yeah, we played a little bit for. Uh, so yeah, finished his NCAA career, played a little bit for the Texas Stars last season. So yeah, good, good for him to sort of be. Well, and to be in in Edmonton in your hometown and sitting on the bench watching the game, and then at one point. Wedgwood did get run over in that game. Hyman True. and a defenseman for the Stars went into Wedgwood, and at that point you kind of perk up on the bench. Uh-oh, am I going in here right now in front of my family and friends? But uh, nice for the young kid to at least take warm-up in front of his mom and dad, who I'm sure were in the stands. So when you do your hockey academy stuff, are yep. there goalies on the ice at all, or are you just working yep. with skaters? No, we have goalies on the ice yeah. sometimes. Well, it varies. Like I just wonder if, uh, and I know there are goalies on the ice, but if you're just doing... No, we have, well, we have goalie coaches that come right. on the ice, so we do we have all our drills and when we break into skills at the beginning of every academy day the goalie coach will take the goalies for you know 20 to 30 minutes and work with them and most i work at nax i work at st fx in town they all do the same thing they always have goalie uh instructors on the ice that will work with the goalies because the drills that i design goalies usually don't like that they're <laughs> they are very much about goal uh, players yeah. scoring goals and continuous and it really tires out our goalies right so, now so what do you mean by continuous so i'll do uh, there'll be I, I don't like doing a drill where that it's one shot and then you're done you go to the next person yeah so i'll, I'll have drills where you, you shoot then immediately there's a new puck coming out and you shoot and then there's immediately a new one then you turn and there's a tip from the point so a goaltender in a span of five seconds might see five pucks from five different angles okay so that you're i'm working on things the best anyone that's working with kids the best thing to do is have kids try to score when they're tired because when you're doing a drill and the kids fresh and going in and shooting yep. in a hockey game 90 percent of the time when you get the puck on your stick you're tired it's it's usually don't get your scoring chance yep. in the first 10 seconds on the ice it comes later so when you're practicing skills or you're trying to do goal scoring do it so that the player is tired when the puck's on his stick because mentally it, you, when you start getting tired, you don't think as well. Yeah. So you want to be able to teach kids how to be instinctive when you're tired. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I, I love those stories about making yourself uncomfortable in practice. Because yeah. it'd be easy to just walk out there, I'm going to shoot 100 pucks. Oh, yeah. I, well, and, and well, again, and when you're having passing, if you're doing a drill that's passing, pass into the kid's feet. Don't give the kid perfect passes all the time because in the NHL, the passes aren't perfect all the time. Yeah. I can tell you in minor hockey, they're rarely perfect. So... Give him, and so he has to change the angle. So he has to move his hands in his stick. He has to kick the puck up to his stick, things like that. Yeah. Just make it harder. I think it was, I want to say Aaron Rodgers. It, it was quite a while ago. It must have, I mean, he's been playing a lot. It might have been early in his career. And it was when I still read magazines, because I think it was in Sports Illustrated <laughs> when we still got paper magazines. But I, I think it was Rodgers. And, um, his quarterback coach, they decided, like, in practice, you're going to throw off balance you're going to throw a sidearm and which he's good at yeah, because you know they said they had a meeting and they he said to rogers how many throws a game do you throw perfectly on balance and set where you don't feel pressured and he said maybe three or four yeah. so one a quarter you know usually you're leaning getting hit 
so they so in practice they said okay well we're going to consciously do those i want you to drop your arm angle i want you to put put you on on lay and you know they see sometimes in drills like the quarterback coach is like hitting the guy with the big <laughs> soft uh it's not a, like a big beanbag yes. or something like that you know but okay like yeah your left shoulder is going to get hit as where you're pivoting throw the ball every, it's going to happen in a game everything that you do in a practice should be a game situation so don't don't have breakouts where it's perfect breakout there's no pressure because anyone can do that it's when you're under pressure is when you really have to worry about how to make the pass where the passing lane is how to make a pass while someone's chasing you so always do that in practice so it's a game situation so and details that's the one thing that when i do a coach mentorship is is details yeah. going out in practice don't let them go offside don't let them have their stick the wrong way defensively. Yeah. So all those things. And when, if you ever go to, I mean, you go to the Oilers practices all the time. They're always preaching details. Oh yeah. Always. Yeah, and they try to make them competitive. Like when, and even when they do their shootout drill, like the the guys who don't score have to skate. Yeah. Like you got to go board to board, or the go if the goalies have a bad run, they got to go board to. And I, I remember Todd McClellan like stopping drills because they were going offside. Like, oh, for 100%. Uh, you know, even, even if it was just like, okay, warm up, quick 2 on 0 go warm up the goalie. He was like, you don't go offside. I don't yep. want you ever going offside. Practice how you play. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, you got to be aware of the blue line all the time. Well, the one thing that we, we do shootout drills with our, our kids, and the one thing I hate is when they come down and they have all these fancy things. I'm like, okay, hey, no, Mary Lemieux was the greatest breakaway player in the history of the NHL. He had three moves, and that was the greatest player only had three moves. I keep telling the kids, have two moves. One's it's a shot, so if the goalie's back in the net, one that's a deke if the goalie comes out at you. Perfect those two. Don't have 15 moves because when you're going down in a breakaway <laughs> and someone's chasing you, instinctively your body's got to be able to do something without you thinking. So have two perfect moves. Once you excel at those two, you can throw a third in, but don't have 15 different moves. It doesn't usually work. All right, we'll call it quick timeout, and uh, then we'll get to a call from KJAM. Oilers lose 6-2 to the Stars. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ben with a hat trick, stars over the Oilers, 6-2. KJM, go ahead. We're a little tight for time, so fire away. Yeah, no, just sort of a thought for us all to, to kind of consider how the season is going so far is if you rank the players sort of on one to five, where five is above and beyond where, you know, like they're they're performing at a high level, maybe even beyond what you expect, three is sort of a bit of a neutral, and one is 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 terrible. I don't think we've got a lot of ones, but I'm concerned about the, the twos that we have and maybe even some of the threes. Um, and there's obviously there's some guys that are performing at four and five. I think Hyman and uh, Stuart Skinner sort of come to mind. And when you put some players in those categories, I still think that there's room to concern. And uh, considering what Bob said, where you have to give some guys time, I'm, I'm just not sure that, that there's a whole lot of time in such a crucial season like this to be given. Well, every season, if you ask the players, every season is crucial. Uh, as for time, I, I, I think there's time. This is, uh, the Oilers, I, I've said it beginning of the season, I'll say it now, the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, barring some weird injury craze. They're going to make the playoffs. This, they're building to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, Jack Campbell is going to be a big part of this team, and I think that's one of the players you're probably referring to. Jack, Jack Campbell will get better. Skinner's been very good. As for Pugliarvi and Yamamoto, uh, they have to be better. They have to start contributing offensively or they'll find someone else that can do it. Uh, but I, I, 
I'm not worried about time. I'm not worried about this Oilers team. Uh, they are good enough to be a playoff team. They are good, good enough to be at the top four but in I the But I think conference. his overall evaluation is fair. Oh, Just I agree. In terms oh. of how some no, I agree. Have done but so but far. he says that, that he, it's too big a season to give players time. I, I've they got all that they got time. But you're right. There are players that have underperformed 100. percent Okay, so the Oilers are seven and five, six-two loss to the Dallas Stars. Next game broadcast Monday, 4:30 faceoff show here on 6:30. Chet game at six, Edmonton at Washington. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Kellen Kennedy for their work behind the scenes. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.